An unbelievable amount of press attention has focused on the President of the United States receiving Holy Communion. Given that most Catholics don't believe in the reality of Holy Communion, you might wonder what all the fuss is about. After Biden revealed publicly that the Pope had said he was a good Catholic and that he should continue to receive communion, Biden gushed over the Pope, almost in tears. Check it out. And uh, I have great respect for people who have other religious views, but he is a, he's just a fine, decent, honorable man. And I, he, uh, and we keep in touch. But you know what's really weird is that the Vatican was supposed to air the meeting between the president and the pope, at least part of it, but then cut off the feed. Stay tuned to find out what this is all really about. This is John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Before we begin, I need to ask you to do two things. First, please like and subscribe to this channel and encourage your friends to do the same. And second, consider supporting our work by heading to give.lifesitenews.com and making a donation. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thousands of news stories all over the world last week spoke of U.S. President Joe Biden being told by Pope Francis that he could receive Holy Communion. One strange part of the story is that the media was supposed to air some of the meeting between the Pope and Biden, but then cut off the feed, showing only the initial arrival of Biden and then the parting gift exchange, and none of the actual discussion between the two. Listen to this from the Associated Press, Vatican correspondent Nicole Winfield, and I quote, The Vatican on Thursday abruptly canceled the planned live broadcast of U.S. President Joe Biden meeting Pope Francis. The latest restriction to media coverage of the Holy See that sparked complaints from White House and Vatican-accredited journalists, end quote. The excuse from the Vatican? According to Mrs. Winfield, Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni said the revised plan reflected the normal procedure established during the coronavirus pandemic for all visiting heads of state or government. So now I'm going to let you in on what this is really all about. Many have no clue at all. In fact, according to a recent poll, two-thirds of Catholics don't get it either. What this is all about is really quite simple. And you know, it's best understood with the Bible in hand. So pause here and grab one if you have one so that you can follow along. Of all the things in the Bible Jesus was most insistent about, this one, this one truth, was the top by a long shot. In fact, it's the only case in the Bible where it speaks of disciples or followers of Jesus leaving him, many of them never to return, and him doing nothing about it because he was so insistent on the truth of this one teaching. So here's the scene. Jesus had the day before done his multiplication of the loaves and fishes, 
And the people were hungry again and found him and asking him for a sign, like God gave the Israelites in the desert. In other words, they wanted more free food. He retorts, calling himself the bread of heaven. So let's pick up the story. It's in the, the book of John, chapter 6, at verse 48. So here's where it starts. He says in verse 48, I am the bread of life. 49. Your fathers did eat manna in the desert and are dead. Verse 50. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that if any man eat of it, he will not die. 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And 52. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Now, in 53 we hear something, that the Jews therefore strove among themselves. That means they opposed this, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, do you notice, we learn right away that the crowd had a hard time with this message because he's speaking of giving them his flesh to eat. So, so what does he do? Does he clarify and say, hold on, hold on. I'm not speaking literally, duh. I'm speaking... I'm speaking symbolically, like when I said it was the door to eternal life. Like, I'm not a door. Actually, no. Here's what he says. Let's pick it up again at verse 54. He says, Then Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall not have life in you. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, the same also shall live by me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever. Verse 60 says, These things he said, teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Okay, so wait a minute. He already knows, as we heard, that they're freaking out because he said he's going to give his flesh to eat. And then he's like repeating it. One, two, three, four, five. What, what's going on? He keeps repeating it. But then we come to a key verse in verse number 61. When we are told that many of his followers, his actual disciples, were now struggling with this teaching. Here it is, verse 61. Many, therefore, of his disciples, remember, that's followers, that's people who are with him, who are believers. So many, therefore, of his disciples, hearing it, said, this saying is hard, and who can hear it? Who can bear it? That's verse 61. So now what do you think Jesus will do? He knows why they're grumbling. He knows it's not only the Jews, it's also his own followers. It's his disciples. He's already repeated it five or six times, much to the consternation of everybody there. But he knows that it's about him saying that they are supposed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. But you know, he doesn't backpedal. He doesn't say, calm down, everyone. I'm just speaking symbolically here, not literally, obviously. No. What he does do is really startling. It's in verse 62. It says this, But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples murmured at this, he said to them, 
Does this scandalize you? If then you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? Whoa. He's telling them, if you think that's too tough to believe, what are you going to do when you see me ascend to the very throne of God and sit upon it as God Almighty? He then tells them that their fleshly or worldly understanding can't comprehend the truth of the Spirit. He's speaking to them the truth of the Spirit. And in verse 65, he says, He knew that some of them would not believe, but only those that were granted the truth by the Father. You have to check this out. It's verse 67, where we hear the only time in the Bible that many of his disciples left him and permanently Verse 67 reads, After this, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Whoa, wait a minute. Does Jesus run after them to clarify that he's only speaking symbolically? What kind of a monster would he be if he allowed people to leave him and leave him, thus leave eternal life? for like a silly misunderstanding. If it was true that it was only speaking, that he was only speaking symbolically, that it wasn't actually his flesh that they were supposed to eat, but it was only a symbol or a spiritual representation of his flesh, they will all have come back and said, whoa, man, we thought you were speaking of like cannibalism or something. You know, in fact, if you look at history, you will find that that is exactly what the early Christians were accused of. Cannibalism check out this study. You know, but Jesus not only lets them go, get this, he actually turns to his chosen 12 apostles, the ones who have been with him from the beginning, and he's ready to let them go too over this truth, the truth of his real presence in Holy Communion. Verse 68 reads this way. Then Jesus said to the 12, Will you also go away? And 69 says, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, the apostles didn't get it. They didn't magically understand where the others didn't. Peter's response says it all. He was admitting they had no idea what he was talking about, but they submitted to him because they knew him as the Messiah who was sent from heaven. You know, the truth would become clear to the apostles at the Last Supper. In all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we read in the Last Supper account that Jesus takes bread and blesses it and breaks it and gives it to them to eat, telling them that this is my body. And he also takes a chalice of wine and blesses it and gives it to them and tells them this is my blood and tells them to drink it. You know, as Scripture proves Scripture, this truth is confirmed in the writings of St. Paul, who asks rhetorically in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, Is the cup of blessing which we bless not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break sharing in the body of Christ? This same truth of Christ from 2,000 years ago, which caused so much consternation in his day, also causes consternation today. Too many of his disciples, of his followers, cannot accept this truth, which he was so insistent upon. We need to embrace the truth. And once we realize what Holy Communion is, that it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ, that it is Jesus himself, 
we will know that we must, as St. Paul teaches, examine ourselves before receiving him. For if we receive him unworthily, we are guilty of the body of the Lord, literally of killing him. And thus, we, in the words of St. Paul, eat and drink condemnation to ourselves. For all of those who would let Joe Biden receive Holy Communion, why would you care so little about profaning the body of Christ? And how dare you call yourself merciful if you let Joe Biden eat and drink condemnation to himself because you didn't have the guts to tell him that he can't receive Holy Communion. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. And may God bless you. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to LifeSiteNews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.